the girl doesn't want to be found. Not Carly, but the girl. He didn't know her, or else he would have said her name. Well, why did he take the locket? The locket, it doesn't have any She's value. doing a parlor scene by anything. herself? Come on, Annalise. You're a lawyer. Work the case. What are the facts? He took the locket, not the wallet. Why did he take the locket? Because... She would think I was in trouble. Hang on, Carly. Hang on, Carly. I'm coming for you. This is like they've given up. Wow. They just skipped all the. You're right. They they skipped the investigative part of it and just went straight to her figuring it out because she saw a commercial. When really the writing was on the fucking wall. I thought this one was gonna be good. Damn it. We fucked up again. Got you. Was... Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh. That was horrible. Uh, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to say. First of all, <laughs> we had high hopes in the beginning because it looked like it was a step up from your usual Lifetime stuff, honestly. Yeah, well, the credits were nice, right? Credits were cool in a, in a very, you know, campy, shitty made-for-TV way. Um, <laughs> it was like grunge shit and there we we just open on this this um this teenage girl walking with a van creeping up behind her and then she gets kidnapped so pretty standard stuff like er almost every single movie that we've watched this is a flash forward that then flashes back right you can't tell a story chronologically it just doesn't no, work absolutely fucking not don't ever do that. Start at the start in the middle or the end and then go back to the beginning every time. I much prefer actually when they do start right at the end. So that way you know what to look forward to. Well, in this case though, what we had to look forward to was really really fucking shitty. Uh, yeah. Right after the kidnapping, we cut to this uh well, this beautiful home. <laughs> made entirely out of glass <laughs> a home of glass and concrete and just like white walls everywhere and it's this lady's like fancy house party uh, continuing because... by the way the theme of everyone in these fucking movies living in a mansion exactly oh my god I've, has there ever been a middle class family no that wasn't like evil no because even that one we watched like that began with like a, a you know working class family it was like the mom murdering the dad <laughs> in front of her son yeah but these people live in like a 4000 square foot house oh it's gorgeous oh my god they're in seattle they're in she's they're in the woods basically and they're in this beautiful glass house <laughs> it's amazing and uh she's having a party with a, a bunch of um i don't know rich people folks yeah rich people 
and because she's a judge now, as we're told right away. She was just made a judge. We're not giving anything other than that, but she's a judge. Which is nice to have, because usually it's just generic profession. Yes. I was actually interested um, in the fact that she was a judge. I was like, well, this could get, you know, this could get intriguing. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Fucking never. I mean, only to mention 45 times through the movie, somebody yells at her, you're a judge. And it's like, yeah, we know. We're waiting for that to come into play. And it never does. But at this party, we're introduced to, like, six characters. <laughs> yeah, none of whom I don't think end up mattering, except for Cop, Han Solo Cop. Right. The <laughs> we, uh, we meet uh, an old guy, and then we meet um, the, uh, the detective who's wearing the Han Solo leather jacket the entire fucking movie. <laughs> with a with a nebulous relationship to the judge mom. <laughs> I At first, I thought they were married, and then thought yeah. that maybe they were like ex married, and now I'm not so sure about any of that. I'm really not sure either because, um, like you said, she points out in one scene they had a history, but other than that, we thought the guy was in on it, which we'll explain in a bit. But like at this party, she. It, she gets into a group of people, basically, um, you know, her, the old man and then um, her, her friend who joins in on the, on, on the festivities. And then uh, this guy who is, whose name is what? I don't remember. It's John Gallant or something, but John, I kept hearing it's John, John Galt. Galt. You know what? It's John Galt now. This, uh, this fucking asshole. Let's name him John Galt. He, he's wearing like a weird like floral pattern half unbuttoned shirt under a suit jacket and then like she introduces him as oh this is my friend john galt we don't know much about him he's just this very conventionally jc model you're saying we don't know who is john galt who is john galt eric we <laughs> we just don't know and then the rest of the movie it's just him talking i don't know <laughs> So really, yeah, it works. <laughs> it just goes on and on. It never ends. It makes you want to fucking die. No, he he shows up and then he's kind of just out. She goes up to tell her daughter to get her ass downstairs to this fucking party and say hi to some of and these And throws kids. a dress at her. And I don't know if this was intentional or not, or if they just didn't want to do another take, but the hook from the hanger actually, like slams into her wrist and like gets caught around her wrist <laughs> did you see that the first time through? i didn't notice that i didn't see that and i usually notice those little like those weird little flubs that's funny so i mean like if my mom did that to me i'd be pretty mad yeah what's well, infuriating and the well the funniest thing about it is you know the mom tells her to get downstairs and throws the dress at her and then what does she do she cuts up the dress and then she escapes out of one of the 248 windows in this house. And it, like we said, it's got to be. <laughs> There's no way to know which one. It's, this is the thing I've been thinking about. Is this an easy house to sneak out of or an extremely difficult house to sneak out? of? It's completely transparent, but also lots of windows, lots of room for escape. So which is it? I still maintain if she popped the glass out of one of those windows, nobody would know. Right. Like, have you ever like cleaned a glass door yes and then you're not 
quite sure if it's open or not. Yeah, exactly. You clean it spotless, you can't tell. It's like that. Have you ever seen The Great Mouse Detective? <laughs> yes, that's things. the way it is. <laughs> the circular window cutter thing. And you're out of there. It's over. So she just, yeah, she, she Great Mouse Detective to her way out of her own home. <laughs> Possibly. Sticks her little sticks her finger in the little hole. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that. <laughs> it was the best moment when we watched that movie, and he like stuck his finger in there. He's like, you know, <laughs> "You've done it before." <laughs> uh, yeah, and then her her mom's response to finding out that she's gone is great because it's like, "Oh, not again." <laughs> she's she's ran away from our perfectly invisible house again i don't know how it keeps happening (laughs) and she goes the daughter like the next scene so like the mom talks to the detective and she's like oh my god he's missing again she's missing again and the detective's like whatever plays it down so we cut to the daughter um talking with her uh boyfriend uh whose name is like chet or (laughs) Uh, some it's really Mitch. like old it's man Mitch, Mitch. Right? yeah it's uh uh carly her name's carly his name's mitch mitch has a uh he has a longboard and he tells her don't hide at my place because uh your mom's gonna call my mom and wonder where you're at so she doesn't and there's the end of that scene yeah so he he fucking pussies out of the entire movie because he's like well i don't I can't hide you at my place. I don't want to talk to your mom. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get in trouble. I can't, so I'll she ends up that. hiding out, like, where all the teens probably go when they run away from home. The croissant shop. Of course. <laughs> well, as we know from that last movie, you, know, you go to the rowdy coffee shop if you need a place to go. And So she's, like, getting rowdy with her, like, croissants. Well, that's the weird thing is... She's with him, and then it just all of a sudden it's dark, and she's walking around alone and looking very distressed. And I was like, "What happened?" In between, what? Presumably, it took that long just to walk to get to the bakery. It must have. She walked all the way downtown. They were on a beach, and then she walked downtown. And then, while this lady's trying to get a hold of her daughter, um, John Galt calls her, and is like. Oh, do you want to go to dinner with me sometime? And she's like, yeah, I'd love to, but my daughter is missing right now. So it's going to have to wait. And literally, he hangs up the phone, sees the daughter walk across the street, and John Galt in his fucking uh, escalator or whatever just pulls right up next to her. This uh, this guy who, again, looks like a male model. It's really But not bizarre. like a good model, like a like an L.L. Bean model. Yeah, a B-list model. You know, just like the conventionally attractive man with the stubble. And no chest hair. No chest hair, dark hair, stubble, wears a suit in every almost every fucking scene. And he gets and her a card. With his shirt mostly unbuttoned, don't forget yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, of course. He gives, yeah, he gives her, her his business card. Yeah, he's like she's like apprehensive and wants him to go away and he's like, Well look, if you need a place to stay or whatever, you know, there's a teen shelter that I run. <laughs> You ever heard of objectivism? 
he tries to tell her all about objectivism, gives her his card, and she's walking off. She tries to get a hold of her friend and can't get her, so she just sits on a park bench. I guess and she then, has no yeah, other and option. Amazingly, she gets kidnapped. <laughs> Spoiler alert here. Well, he snaps a picture of her while she's on the park bench. Like a weird picture from behind with some of her face. And I guess he just texts that <clears throat> to his cohorts, who then uh, act out the uh, first scene of the movie, which was this uh, innocent girl getting kidnapped. Um, the associates are this weird bearded dude and his like girlfriend who wears a uh, plaid under her leather jacket. And has, yeah, like, she's a, got a like the dark choker. lip liner. She's got the choker. Very much like Conventionally early two thousands, like right? AFI. Yeah, look going on. Yeah, yeah. It. Well, that's the weird thing. Actually, he snaps the picture on the park bench, and then the next scene, the girl is hiding out in the in the coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. And then they wait for her to get out of there to kidnap her. It makes no sense. I don't know why. I don't get it. Uh, the pacing of this movie is really bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I thought probably my favorite scene after they they toss her in the trunk, right, of their car. They get pulled over. The the kidnappers do, yep. and <laughs> the cop walks up to the window and takes a good hard look at him, and then leaves. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, he walks up to the window like right when he pulls them over, she just starts making out with the guy who's in the passion passenger seat and then the cop comes up and catches them like making out and then they stop and then she looks at the officer and does the whole thing and then he's just like all right you love birds get a move on you know what was the point what was the point of the making out was he meant to think that they were speeding because they were making out while driving speeding because they were so horny they needed to get to a place where they could make out and have sex and he was like well i understand I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> please, please go on with your business. I'm sorry. I know, so I'm sorry. I didn't know you guys were making out. I'm sorry. I'll, you know. And the girl's in the trunk this whole time, and that not at any point does he move toward the trunk. Not at any point is there the suspense that he might discover her. That's the problem. He just walks away. There's a lack of suspense in a scene that is specifically the only reason for the scene is suspense. That is the absolute only reason. And they show the girl trying to get the tape off her mouth and it's not working. And then yeah, and by the time she gets the tape off and starts screaming, the cop's already back in his car. Just closing his door. So he can't hear the shrieks of terror coming from the trunk. So she's fucked. But you're right. That scene was completely unnecessary. It was not right. It was set out for one specific purpose and it failed in that purpose. You know, um, in movies when, uh, you know, when criminals get like pulled over, like in any good movie, isn't that always a tense scene? Whether you're cheering for the criminals or not, you're like, what's going to happen? Well, I, yeah, I think the operative phrase there is good movie. Yeah, exactly. But can we not, I mean, Jesus Christ, can we not give a fucking effort? Like, can we not try to emulate that at all? Because all this is, it, like we described, pulled over, they're making out for some reason, and then he's just like, oh, fuck it. And, and she 
figures it out and gets the tape off her mouth just a little too late. It's stupid. It's it's absolutely it's like it's like the worst way you could write a, a getting pulled over scene. Absolute. Dog Incidentally, dog. the worst way you could write a fill in the blank here scene kind of applies to this movie. Exactly. Oh, well, what happens next? I don't even care. Fuck this movie already. Uh, well, they take her. <laughs> they take her underground to the uh, to the sex slave dungeon where there are oh, like four yeah. other girls who just look exactly like her. There's one girl who's wearing exactly this like almost the same outfit. Yeah, kind of that like tattered uh like a lace cardigan la- type yeah, of thing. Yeah, a lace cardigan, the white lace cardigan. The girl she ends up sitting next to is looks like, exactly like her and is dressed exactly like her. <laughs> Which makes it just makes you wonder like what the fuck. Like, is, is that the what they're looking for? That's never touched on. Um, because it's made pr- pretty clear that this is some kind of like sex slavery thing, which, hey, incidentally, we've touched on before in a different movie. When girls get sold over the internet. You ever been to uh, Auntie Anne's pretzels? Yes, all the time. I can't remember who told me this. I think it was one of my coworkers um, that Auntie Anne's pretzels is a front for sex trafficking. I don't, yeah, I don't remember who said this, but like, I, I can't not think about that now every time I go to the mall. That, uh, <laughs> <I'll be honest>. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Auntie Anne's Pretzels. Jesus Christ, now I'm not going to be able to go there. <laughs> if I'm ever in the mall, it's there and I can smell it. And I want to get those, those little, uh, you know, the little pigs in a blanket. Yeah, but what are you smelling? Like delicious pretzel bits or Children getting fucked? Sex trafficking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, and honestly, uh, she, Jesus Christ. So we go from there of her getting kidnapped back to her mom being a judge and going into in her, her like blueberry colored. Hillary Clinton pants. She's dressed like Hillary Clinton and and is talking to her secretary and is like, I'm having all kinds of personal problems. And the secretary's like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. Because the secretary of this whole movie is like, why won't you do your fucking job? You were just made a a judge. Yeah. Well, she's not doing anything. She quits going to work in this movie. She just quits and she quits answering her phone and her secretary leaves her voicemail that says, I can't hold anybody off any longer. You need to con- need to do something. And yeah, she one of her coworkers actually shows up at her job or at her home. Yeah. It's like, you need to come to work. <laughs> You're a and judge. And she doesn't. And she just doesn't go to work. And I understand totally her daughter's missing. But the whole thing is she could do something about this. <laughs> She's not. And I think it should be mentioned. I don't know where they dug up this actor who plays the mom. Oh my god. But she is the most like wooden no energy delivery I think I've seen in a long time. Absolutely awful. One like remember remember Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker in episode one? Worse, way worse than him. And the stakes are way lower. <laughs> In this case. Spinning, that's a neat trick. (laughs) 
she i mean like this whole movie she's just like so stale and like yeah she's like a walking xanax <laughs> oh definitely even she's in the most like harrowing i have to movie. save my daughter we can't have you seen my daughter I'm sorry, I'm a judge now. I have responsibilities and my daughter is missing. That's the whole fucking movie. Yeah, just imagine a woman quietly droning about just, being a judge and like you don't have to watch the movie. Just imagine if Hillary Clinton was cast in a movie because that's the same level of acting ability we're working with here. This is I don't know. Hillary's a little more energetic. A little. This lady is just like... <laughs> Yeah, I would say at least, uh, I don't know, this this lady can't deliver any line. I mean, like, this, that was the problem I was having through this whole movie, is I couldn't parse some of, the, some of the things she was saying because I didn't know how they were intended. Well, and there's even this, like, her big face-off scene with John Galt, which we'll touch on when we get to it, I'm sure. But even that, like, her, her what should be her, her big moment is just, just trash <laughs> this yeah, is awful when she gets a chance to act it's fucking terrible and this is this stupid guy in the han solo jacket at least he like he is acting he's being a complete asshole and he's doing right the, actually, he's doing the job well i gotta say but at, yeah at least he's doing something at least he's making me laugh because of how awful he is talking about his jacket <laughs> well the funny thing is like he he like comes in and um she she gets her judge uh her judge robes and there's a stick there's a little like post-it note on them that says like oh has the drama queen come back yet and it was like a sticky note from him because he was talking to her about how your teenage daughter's just being a you know a stupid bitch and she'll come back or whatever he's he's terrible in this movie he's an awful awful character like just as a like morally um and he leaves a note, you know, that says, like, did the drama queen come back on her on her new judge robes? And then he comes in and asks her if she wants to go on a date while her daughter's missing. <laughs> and he knows full well that she's missing. Well, he was at the party and then he came back later and it's like she's still missing. It's the next day. And he's like, oh, do you want to go on a date? No. <laughs> what the fuck? And I think. One of the best parts of the movie, as we move into the next scene, it's revealed that John Galt has the cell phones <laughs> of all of the girls that he's kidnapped. Oh my fucking god! That's the thing. As we go to um, the the teen shelter that this guy slash runs. granary <laughs> slash There's prison a granary right there. <laughs> They're working the granary. That's <laughs> you go into this weird this weird house and like the his office is so insane this is not the office the office of a, of a teen shelter of the guy of the guy who runs the teen shelter is a dinky room in the back it's 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 gonna be tiny and dingy and it's gonna have a shitty computer and and like it's not at all what they show in this movie in this movie it's like a like he's got a kitchen. I'm looking at it right now. He's got a full kitchen in his well, office. Well, and he, but he's not just the in charge of the youth center. He also runs the sex prison. 
and the granary and like a furniture import business. <laughs> yeah. He's running it all out of the youth center. His, and his office is nicer and bigger than anything else in the youth shelter. <laughs> and he's always wearing a suit and sometimes a tie, sometimes not. But he's got a vest and a handkerchief. And he's got a desk drawer that's just filled with cell phones. Filled with phones, and each of them has duct tape on the back, and then the name of the girl, the actual first name of the girl who he kidnapped, written and on he the spends, tape. Like, he spends his afternoons just texting the moms, like, I'm fine, don't worry about me. <laughs> if they call, he answers in falsetto. starts taking the phones out like you said in the middle of the day just like this is part of his work day he just takes the phones out and starts texting their moms back because there's all these unanswered messages and starts texting them back i'm fine leave me alone it's all good don't worry i'm at jan's house whatever and he's just like one by one taking the phones texting taking the next one texting and the funniest part was the mom calls carly's phone when he has it in hand because he texts the mom like he texts her i'm fine leave me alone and the mom immediately calls her because like holy shit she finally texted back i'm gonna call her right now she's alive and then the guy looks at the phone while she's calling and we were both thinking he's gonna answer <laughs> the girl's he's thinking voice. about it he, he was thinking about, about it. it he thought about it he considered it before he did not answer the phone but he was considering it. It would have been funnier if he like before he picked up, just like tries it, like tries a little falsetto. Hey, it's not- no. <laughs> Fuck, hangs up really quick. He might as well with all the flubs he made. I mean, he might as well have. That was the next step. That was the one step that Lifetime did not take with this movie and making it that ridiculous. It would have been better, honestly, because like. <laughs> As with all the detective mom genre movies, like she's total, the mom is totally incompetent. And the only reason she succeeds is that the villain is even more incompetent. Exactly. This is the stupidest motherfucker alive. And the thing is his associate, that the girl with the choker and the flannel and all that shit. She, um, she was like, she comes into his office and she goes, look, this girl's, uh, mom is a judge. I think we fucked up. Um, because, this could end badly for us, obviously. You know, this lady is high up. And he just goes, no, it'll be fine. It'll be worth even more to us because she's going to want her daughter back real bad. And I didn't get the justification for that. Did I miss something? Like, I mean, I guess it gave him an in to, like, try to manipulate her. Yeah, it did, but... It but he didn't, didn't really make work. anything of that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do anything with that. Because the the thing is, like, if you're going to fuck with a, with a judge's daughter, like, it, you're kind of in deep shit, right? We're talking realistically here. Well, he shouldn't have made himself known. Absolutely he shouldn't have not. shown his face to her and to the daughter both. No. Oh, reckless behavior. Rookie mistake. Absolutely reckless behavior. Almost as who, bad as... Who is John Gall? An idiot. <laughs> And my my fucking god, I mean, like, when the lady comes in and tells him that, he could have returned the girl with no problem and still made how much money off of everyone else? 
couple million probably. A lot. So, and the funny thing is this, um, so her mom just like, where did she post it? She posted a picture of her saying, my daughter is missing, please help me. I don't know where she posted it. Craigslist, Facebook, hard to tell. Yeah, some generic media site. Somebody commented and, and, and said, her boyfriend might know something. Her boyfriend, Mitch, might know something. So she talks to her boyfriend, Mitch, and guess what? He doesn't know. Good scene. Great. I'm really glad. We see Mitch's dad. <laughs> That's about it. Um, Somebody gets a paycheck. <laughs> Somebody gets to put Mitch's dad on their resume. <laughs> Thank God. And then she finally visits the actual youth youth shelter. Slash granary, slash yeah. furniture and forest store. And you walk into the front, like the front entrance, and there's like one one teen playing guitar and a couple other teens just sitting there jamming out. And this guy in his, again, in his suit. No, no. And a polka dot tie. And a polka dot tie. No, sh- no, no person in charge of a youth shelter looks like this. This guy looks like one of the property brothers. Like he look, he. This is insane. You wouldn't look like this. You wouldn't dress like this. You'd be probably a, a frumpy old person with uh, dressed kind of casual. Yeah, and like a sweater with paint stains on it. Exactly, because you've been painting the youth center. What else would you be doing? But I, I mean, he's got guy. to put on a good face for the for his grain buyers and furniture store looks like a fucking like a a a stockbroker he looks like a used car salesman yeah that's more except it's not cars it's teenagers he looks like um like a really like a good football prospect who went in two years in the nfl and then had to become a, a used car salesman and yeah he like shows her the fucking granary and everything that he actually showed like they're walking towards it. It's his pro. It's all his property, and then it suddenly cuts to her and back in the coffee shop with with the the Han Solo guy. And yeah, and he, oh he he gets he's just continuing to be an asshole. Like I appreciate that. <laughs> Honestly, well, and and an asshole in a very uh, very fucking funny way because she's watching the TV. And whatever channel they have on is always the miss, yeah missing persons network the missing teens network. This lady's like, it even says missing teen cases on the rise, and this lady's like, oh my god, we have another case of a missing teen. If you know anything about any of these people, please call whatever. They're just watching it. Yeah, and he's and like, no, there's there's no way it's connected. And he goes, no, no, no. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And Don't worry. You about and I it. were it's like, diff- this guy's in on it, right? He's got to be, because he wouldn't ignore a pattern like that otherwise. No, because he was like, definitely, he's a detective, and he's sitting there telling her, like, oh, don't worry about it. Your daughter's been missing for days, and this report comes on that says, uh, women are, you know, teen girls are getting kidnapped in Seattle and trafficked all over the fucking place for some reason. Through Auntie Anne's pretzels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this guy's just like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Do you want a good dinner? Do you want to go on a date? And she does get around because she then goes on a date with John Gall. <laughs> Wait, do they go on a date? I don't know. But really he's like, because previously he's bitching. He's like, the daughter isn't pretty enough. She needs to be both 
sexy and innocent looking or whatever. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. And then <laughs> the mom starts like waxing poetic about her daughter and how she's like so sexy. And I guess <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess it worked. The guy, the funny thing is right after the detective tells her quit fucking worrying about it, it's no big deal. He goes back to like his office or whatever and there's just a big glass wall with all the women who have gone missing taped up with like connections <laughs> so he's dealing with it like he's dealing with the case he knows what it is he's still telling her to shut the fuck up maybe he's just slow to see connections we have no fucking idea because he doesn't come back does he uh kind of just kinda I don't know and the um the mother sees uh in her office she's looking at the newspaper and she sees an article that says like homeless youth on the rise or whatever and there's uh a, just a a teen on a bench just like her daughter was sitting on a bench and she has to track down the photographer of this picture specifically because she thinks this is her teen Based on really no evidence. No, it's a girl from the back who has the same color hair, which, as we've seen from this movie, a lot of girls look like that. Especially the ones getting sex trafficked, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's popular look. For and, sex people. Yeah, and in the in-between scenes, this um, John Galt is just, like, looking at binders full binder binders, binders full, full of women, women. <laughs> he's looking at he is literally looking at binders full of women and it's just like criticizing the girls really this one looks this one looks like a crack addict and this one looks like a rah, 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 this one doesn't look and like he's figuring out which ones are going to sell the most and then this and then the mom walks in and is like i have more questions about missing teens <laughs> And guess what? They don't get answered. Yeah. This is a lot of scenes of just like... Yeah, there's... I'm, I'm missing scenes? scrubbing through here and it's getting... I'm realizing how many scenes there were that I don't care about. Yeah, how many times were we just watching and not actually... I, I think the, the most disappointing part was the auction. Yeah. Because I was getting ready. That's a good point. We, after... Um, after that guy comes to like uh, the older guy, the older judge or whatever comes to her house and is like, you need to come back. You need to come to work because we just made you a judge and you're not doing anything. And like, do you need any help? Like what's going on? And she's like, what if it was your daughter missing? And he just goes, I'll see you later. <laughs> and he just leaves. So we thought he would be at the fucking slave auction. Yeah. We were all speculating like who in this movie is going to turn up at the auction. It's going to be a great scene. Guess who showed up? Literally no one. No one. It was a Skype auction with uh, some guy in Hong Kong who we don't even see his face. But he's buying the sex slaves. Uh, and that's that's it. Like, that's the auction. That's what it was building up to. Yeah, real disappointment. There wasn't even, like, like a southern style like auctioneer no you know <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like a literal auction i was kind of pissed no, about that i wanted it to be like storage wars <laughs> it's 
storage whores. <laughs> That's offensive. It's what it like. And she again talks to John Galt. I don't know how many times she talks to him. It's fucking ridiculous. And well, go and, and the, the auction scene is almost redeemed immediately after when the mom gets beat the fuck up by one of the henchmen. Yeah. She like tracks down the photographer and tries to strong arm him into telling her like, you know, where he took this picture or whatever. Um, who it was and then he's like i don't don't know like she gets no information from him of course and then she gets uh the the crap kicked out of her by uh the henchman which is great (laughs) yeah wonderful (laughs) i mean it was new it was not something i think we've seen in a lifetime movie before a mom getting the shit kicked out of her by a guy just in an alley just just in an alley yeah was... and then he steals her necklace and walks off <laughs> he steals her important necklace and gives it to the daughter which is just like a picture of her daughter and then her daughter when she was a baby mm-hmm. which great who cares uh we literally know nothing about their relationship before this movie starts except that it's a little rocky but a little rocky she runs away regularly oh yeah <laughs> And the mom doesn't give a shit. I forget because. <laughs> so it's a little fucked. The mom gets the shit kicked out of her, but before that, she has another conversation with the Han Solo guy in a the detective, in a coffee shop, the same one, and they watch TV again, and it says, "You know, we have a we have a number. If you know anything, please call us. Please call our hotline. Give us a tip." And then the detective starts basically yelling at her. Saying, no, don't call that number. Don't fucking do it. And he gets up in a huff and leaves. And it's like, what the fuck? Good police work, though. Any sane, rational person on Earth would say, this guy knows something and he's not telling me. Obviously. And then in the next scene, her secretary's like, you're going to lose your job. For the love of God, come back. And then she deletes the, the voicemail. We're just working towards this uh, stupid auction where they make these girls dress, you know, get all mm-hmm. dressed up and um, for Skype, for Skype, for an online auction, for a live video auction, they have to crawl up this ladder and go up, go into this hole, <laughs> and then come like walk out and like pose for the cameras and stuff while. Uh, while John Galt sits there and, and auctions him off to some some creep in Hong Kong. It's only one guy. It's one guy. How many sex wives does one guy need? I don't know, but maybe if he opened this auction up to more people, he'd get more offers. But it specifically shows the guy looking at the picture of Carly. So that's like, you know, that's oh, that's his favorite. Because they even say later in, or earlier in this movie that when she's hanging up missing posters, she's talking to John Galt, and she's like, my daughter is so beautiful. She's very striking. She's very, very pretty. Very sexy. My very daughter sexy. is hot. My daughter I would sell, so I would buy my daughter at a sex auction. <laughs> and it even shows in a stupid little, like, when, when they're having this conversation, it cuts away for a second, she's hanging up a missing poster, and these two other teen girls are looking at it, like, in awe, 
You're like, damn, oh look at that hot missing girl. Your missing daughter is so fucking hot. Like, that's... Wow. Oh, my God. Your <laughs> daughter is really hot. I'm so sad she's missing. We get this disgusting auction scene <laughs> where this guy, where John Galt is telling these women to pose in certain ways, and the number figure on the screen, we can see this giant granny font a dollar figure of like a hundred grand goes up to 200 grand. Although we can't prove that's dollars. No, we were saying <laughs> it's yen. Yeah, it might be yen. <laughs> he's just making yen. He's making very, he's making way less than he thinks he is. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And he sells one girl specifically. It shows $200,000. Um, they're all nice round numbers somehow, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to bid, you might as well do so courteously. Dude, you better. You're going to get involved in this shit? And uh, one girl hilariously tries to run away. Uh, one girl gets up and just says, no, fuck this, and tries to run off. And then the um, the choker lady like just tackles her <laughs> in front of the camera, as you can see her tackling her to the fucking couch. <laughs> and I guess the guy who's making bids is just sitting there like oh fuck get on with it not again uh figure your shit out but you know carly comes on and he's like oh it's our last beautiful lady it's the most beautiful girl because we said so in the movie that she's very beautiful and uh how much does he pay for her though i don't know like a couple million yen was it it's a million or was uh, it like a million million u.s dollars a million units of currency (laughs) It's a million Republican credits. But it's like Yeah, he he yells, he screams at her to smile and like slams on the table and once he does that the bids go through the roof. Cuz that's what it takes. Then he gets to a million dollars. He's like, "Yes." And then uh, so it says and he even explicitly says as she walks off it shows the computer says sold 1 million dollars. Yeah success they really could have ended the movie there <laughs> sold one million dollars credits and, great uh, stuff i mean they could have because that's almost an hour in and we still have to go through this whole song and dance yeah well and i mean moving forward to the best part i think of the movie because why not um beat up mom is like recovering on her couch and not at work <laughs> and she sees an advertisement <laughs> for, <laughs> for john galt's furniture and sex emporium <laughs> and that's what does it <laughs> that's she figures it, it all out She's just by seeing gone. him she sees him i think the detective says something to her before this but you know about sex trafficking again it should have been obvious before this she has a pile of his business cards just on her coffee table with a bunch of missing posters. And yeah, she as he's talking on the commercial, she has a parlor scene by herself with a bunch of quick cuts where she's talking to herself and figuring it out. But not like I feel like the best of actors would have a hard time making that scene look good. Absolutely, because it's in, it's inherently stupid. She is not the best of actors. 
So it's literally just a bunch of quick cuts of this terrible acting mom pacing and mumbling. Yeah. I, I legit could not understand most of what she said in that scene. No, she just kept saying... She was just oh, running through it. It's a, it's just yellow diner. No sex trade. <laughs> oh, wait. If he said this, then he must have meant this. If he was saying this, then he was going to do this. Yeah, so, like, uh, it was just the laziest thing I've ever seen. And since so many of these detective mom genre lifetime movies... This is the worst, because... They, they, and they all focus on the mom, like, figuring it out. And in this one, they didn't even bother. No. Uh, just, like, let's have her just have a, a eureka moment based on no evidence. Nothing. I mean, like I said, the detective tells her something about it. But not much. And then she just... Lightning strikes and she figures it out. And I've never seen... Okay, if you want to have... In a movie, if you want to have somebody have a realization, you do a close-up and you have them process it. And good actors can act with their eyes. With their fucking face. Say, oh my god, I figured it out. Oh my god. And And then you see them run off. What it almost felt like to me was in the in the bbc sherlock adaptation where he's like in his brain zone mm-hmm. oh like my piecing God, yeah. things together but that's like kind of well done yes yes <laughs> i feel like it was the same kind of vibe except stupid it's a half-assed version of that that's all she, it is she's in her like judge brain zone figuring everything out <laughs> judge brain zone by the way which is <laughs> a great name for a tv show and she i mean like yeah she she has a drink it she's like getting drunk or whatever it's kind of obvious and but then she picks up like a a little bowl of like mixed nuts and starts walking around and eating it and <laughs> going come on come on you can do this you can figure it out and it's like You've already figured it out. If you just showed her having a moment of realization on her face and then the next scene was her driving to the to the, the youth shelter, yeah, that's all I need because she immediately goes to the youth shelter. She sees John Galt. She's in her car right in front of him. <laughs> Literally right there, he would have seen her. And she calls her daughter's phone. And he's got her he's phone got in his pocket. Phone on him, and he answers it, and it's loud. It's actually still. Why is the sound still on? He answer. Or he doesn't answer it. He looks at it, and she sees him look at it, and then put it back in his pocket, and then go inside. And she's like, "Gotcha." Oh, so stupid. And then what does she do after that? Nothing for quite a while. She goes into the teen center again. And yeah, he's and just then waiting there. And she's got her moment where she's like kind of sort of hinting that she knows. Like you just you be careful. But she might not. I think I said that up with a little bit too much energy. No, honestly. You be careful. Do you come down here regularly? You need to be aware that the police are on to you. She, yeah, she has a nothing conversation with him where she's just asking him more questions, even though she should already know what the fuck is going on. This guy is suspicious as hell. And it leads to him telling his underlings to destroy the phones, which they don't do. Well, and here's the thing. 
the reason he's one of, I think one of the reasons he says that I'm not sure but like when she's in his office it explicitly shows that she sees his drawer half open and sees a phone with like a with like the name Emily on it or whatever and duct tape on the back of the fucking phone she saw it and she still didn't 100% put it together she's not smart all right but the, the, the second time she visits and asks him a few questions about, oh, are you here all the time or whatever, a few like leading questions, he goes and tells his henchman, like you said, to destroy all the phones. Which, you should have done that earlier. I don't know what to tell you if you're selling these and, girls into sex slavery. I, and they don't do it. No. They, <laughs> because guess what? <laughs> He gets caught again, stupidly, <laughs> later. This guy is the worst fucking worst criminal. I mean, I can't even so, believe. And then things just totally go off the rails here. She invites her friend over who brings guns. They're clearly <laughs> like, they're off the map here. They're they're committing a crime. I'm just going to go out and say that. <laughs> this they're is vigilante cons- justice happening This again. is conspiracy to commit murder. Right here. <laughs> it is. Because the, the, her, her friend comes to her house and is just like takes a gun out of her purse and is like, do you know how to use one of these? And she goes, oh, so-and-so uh, showed me how once. And then just starts like handling the gun. And is like, yeah, I'll be fine. And then they just drive up. They park right in front of the fucking granary with their lights on. <laughs> like... Real inconspicuous guys. <laughs> they in, they they come to uh, interrupt the drop off of all these girls because it's it's going down tonight and we got to get our right. guns and we got to go down there like in the Departed and we got to fucking take care of this. And they, like you said, drive up with their fucking lights on and just idle there for a minute. And they see. Um, yeah, they see the minion, like, about to burn the place down. Well, he's about to burn the pile of evidence. The phones and the he, pictures. He's gonna burn something. They just, what they did, Eric, was they did what any rational criminal would do, and they took all the evidence, all the incriminating evidence, put it in a nice, neat pile outside where anyone can see it, and then they were gonna set it on fire before dropping off the kidnapped sex slaves to be sold to Hong Kong. It makes perfect sense when you hear it. So, yeah. so the, the two the two women storm the place. They overpower this this one man. <laughs> yeah, right before he's about to burn that shit, they they uh, confront him and uh, make him stop. Uh huh. Um, Hold a gun to his head. The funny thing is, he, and then just just kill him execution style. Yes, he. They're like she goes get on the ground and he like kneels down on the ground and then she's about to shoot him in the back of the head and she's saying like you know he's saying shit to her and she goes I can make this look like an accident and I was like uh not really can <laughs> like, you just shoot him point and then she the just <laughs> empties a clip into his brain <laughs> no he runs back into the van and then she starts shooting at him while he's in the van and then he gets shot so. Oh, look at that. Now it's self-defense, I guess. Um, so, she, yeah, she pops open the van. I'm not saying that a mom shouldn't force no, I am, to take I'm her daughter back. But. She pops open the back of the van. It's full of girls, but not her daughter, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Because her daughter's the prized, the prized sex slave. She's committed at least three crimes at this point. Yes, she. And did she heads off guy. to commit a fourth. She didn't even kill him. I think she shot him in like the shoulder. Let me have this. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> Just reconstruct the movie. Let me believe that she killed him. <laughs> she does put it right up against his head. This is after. So this is the second time. It's not specifically shown that she doesn't shoot him. That's true. I think you might be right. I think she just emptied a clip into his fucking head. But, well, she threatens him with, I can make it look like an accident. So he tells her. Because this guy's a coward and a useless henchman and a rat. Yeah, and then she goes and shoots the bad guy at the end. And in the worst way, because she goes and confronts him and he takes her daughter and like puts her, you know, he's got her and he's pointing a gun at her and she's pointing a gun at him. And he says, I swear to God, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to do it. And, uh, she puts the gun down, puts it down real gently. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, the daughter hits him in the balls or whatever. And... Yeah. That's all that happens. He's about to kill. Oh, it's not even the balls. She just elbows him in the gut. Cause he somehow, lost track of her and then they the mom and him grapple and you hear the gunshot but they're in an embrace so who got shot who was it well it was it was john call yeah god forbid there's like a deviation from the formula god forbid the mom dies that's what we were saying in her like illegal investigation of this (laughs) i I agree with you. What if the mom had been killed and then the friend has to like take care of this daughter? You know, it's like somebody has to take her in. And... I mean, what if the mom is killed as the police are coming in? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That would at least be different than this like idiot mom single handedly taking down a crime syndicate. Right. With like just perfectly like outsmarting everyone like always happens. Why introduce suspense? It's just going to end in the stupidest fucking way. The standoff wasn't even good. No, like, none of it was elbowed good. elbowed in the stomach, and then he just, like, drops it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and it's over. And, and this movie seemed, like, recent. I'm not exactly sure when it was. It could have been made last year. I mean, it, honestly. From the looks uh, of it. Yeah, but... It's it's nice to know that these movies are not getting any better. No. <laughs> well, you could you, I mean you could take every one of the elements of this movie and substitute it with something else and still make a lifetime movie, capital L lifetime movie. Uh, honestly, what just substitute the, the the sex trafficking for teen pregnancy and the the criminal guy with a an irresponsible teen who knocks up a, a girl and it, it's the same fucking movie. You keep the rest the same and it's fine. You just have to change up a few scenes. It, it's kind of remarkable, like how bland this movie is and just how like, how much like a template it is. Like it really is like the worst blandest lifetime template. Yeah. And I feel like the more of these we watch, the worse it gets for us oh, yeah. because 
I think after you've seen two or three, you've seen pretty much every variation on the formula that you're going to see. Like <laughs> the, the number of individual movies we've seen where a daughter gets kidnapped and the mom breaks the law and does all the detective work herself and goes and saves her daughter. I, I feel like it's more than half. So many have embraced the the mom detective thing, which you and I have just like come to hate so much. I'm sure. I'm sure if you look at the demographics of who watches these things, it's probably mom aged women mostly, and then us. I think it's 28 year old males. It's. But I, I mean, yeah, and I guess in a way it makes sense. Like, make your heroes look like your audience but at the same time a little variation's not a bad thing you know give me a family where the parents are still together yeah yeah exactly where there's not a like a tumultuous father mother relationship you know give me a movie where the dad is the hero that does not happen in these movies. Give me a movie where the family is not super rich and doesn't live in a massive house. It's always that though. It's But it's it's all that. about it's all about terrible things that can happen to your daughter. Of course. Like almost without exception. These movies are about terrible things that could happen to your daughter or rarely terrible things that could happen to your husband. <laughs> your daughter at, at worst will be kidnapped and sold into sla- to sex slavery your right. son at worst will become a murderer well or your daughter will have unprotected sex and like get syphilis <laughs> or i mean i know we watched another one recently that was about sex trafficking You know, the sex trafficking internet, the chat room. Yeah, at least this girl, at least this girl's didn't have any like transgressions. She wasn't punished for her use of the internet by being kidnapped. But I will say she was basically just punished for being a young lady. I mean, like, because there's no other, there's no character for her. There's nothing else about her in this movie. What's name me uh, off the off the cuff. Uh, name me a, a personality trait of this girl based on what you saw. Uh, pretty. <laughs> it's not a personality trait. Um, cardigan. <laughs> Is cardigan a personality? I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> she, she, she listened to rock music in the first scene. She definitely did that. Um, she escaped out a window. Nothing. Yeah. Even in the conversation with her uh, boyfriend, we don't get any hint of her character except that she resents her mom. I didn't even get a sense that he was her boyfriend until they explicitly said it, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. I thought he was just some guy. Oh yeah, I didn't even know. They they had to say it on the screen, typed out on on the on the internet, on the fake internet in this movie, for you to know. But. It almost, I think, in a way, uh, you know, you talk about insidious elements in these movies. 
I think the insidious element here is it's kind of using this daughter as as almost a villain because she hates her mom. We don't know why. The mom gets the most screen time. The mom gets the most lines. The mom is inconvenienced by her daughter running away and getting sold into sex slavery. Yeah, well, and that's... She's like a MacGuffin. That's what... That's what these movies are about. The It's about your daughter disbeha- disbehaving? Misbehaving. Disbehaving. It's about your daughter dissing you. Yeah, because it's always like, what if your daughter was online? <laughs> <laughs> what if your daughter had sex? Yeah, because these are all things that moms worry about. Like, who's, who's, her, who's the new boyfriend? Why, what if she runs away? What if she meets someone untrustworthy on the internet? What if she These gets- are all the things that like Dateline and 2020 have conditioned us to be afraid of for our children. What if your daughter gets kidnapped in an A-team van in the streets of Seattle? It happens. And I mean, I was actually, I was watching a completely separate documentary <laughs> a couple days ago about baseball of all things. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, it is about like yard baseball. And everybody's saying, you know, 10, 20 years ago, people were playing baseball in the sandlots. Like, your kids just get on their bikes, they head out to a central point, they play baseball, they come home. Not anymore, bitch. Not anymore. Kids are afraid to leave the house. Or parents are afraid to let their kids leave the house. (laughs) And I think that's that's true. Yeah. You know? I think that, like... Leaving your children unsupervised now is like a cardinal sin. Yeah, definitely. And I remember when I was growing up, I probably was left to my own devices more than I should have been. (laughs) You know, I wandered all over town on my own. Well, when you're in a town, I mean, I grew up in a town of like 20,000 people, so we, we could do that, too. Once we got to a certain age, we could walk to the park or walk to the grocery store, rent movies or whatever by ourselves, especially during the summertime. Sure. But even now, I think that's changed. Even definitely, even in small towns like that. Because I just don't I don't see kids out anymore. Oh, just by themselves. No, you call the police. (laughs) And that is connected to Lifetime movies because... Are we blaming Lifetime for that? Uh, you know, I, I, a little bit. Maybe well, a little bit. It's, it's a, well, if anything, it's indicative of just the entire culture of it. Is it like this, this fear of letting your kid go anywhere ever, you know? And even like a, a teenager who should be, you know, well, compared to the last movie we watched, you know, those teens were all over the place. They were getting in motel rooms. They were at rowdy at a rowdy coffee shop. They were uh, they were fucking Yeah, and the and and the, the message there is if you let your kid have an ounce of of self-determination, they'll come home with syphilis. They will literally get syphilis. <laughs> You know, you let your daughter go out on her own, she's going to get kidnapped. Well, 
Well, it's such like it's it's these it's these manic depictions of what they think teen life is, and it's funny how different it is from movie to movie. Because the last one, it's like these teens go out in their in their Dodge Chargers and they go to these fucking rowdy coffee shops and they have yeah they there. they drink coffee at like nine p.m. That's too late for coffee. Nine p.m. And outside, all the it's like a fucking drive-in in in the fifties, and all there are all these cars and all these people, and it's fucking happening. And then in this movie, in the streets of Seattle, one of the biggest cities in the United States, one of the most popular happening places in the country, she's walking the streets at night, and there's nobody on the street except for her. Bullshit. I've been to Seattle at night. It's not. It's not barren. It's not abandoned. There are people around. Did you get kidnapped? No, I, I managed not to. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm a sexy young woman. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> With no personality other than that, she's very pretty. She was very pretty, okay? Well, that's even what her mom says. That's the funny thing, going back to that. That's what her mom says to John Galt when she's like, she's so striking. She's just so beautiful. She has nothing else to say about her daughter except that she's beautiful. Which, yeah. If you're the mother, that's very, that's, that's vain. What are, what are her interests? What does she like to do? Any, well, she has that poster in her room of a, of a fake band, and, and that was it. Like, what is what does she want to do when she grows up? Is she in high school? Is she in college? What What's she doing? We don't know. Is she trying to get into college? That's that's a useful, you know that that adds stakes. That that's something at the very least. That's something to add to this girl's. You can't and just guess, have a a girl a, a paper thin character just get kidnapped and yeah, make and, care and about that's it. that's one of the things that's frustrating. It's a movie about these movies is that they really just want to jump you into the the intrigue as quick as possible mm-hmm. and they do that at the expense of making any of these characters mean anything right they they turn every character into a, a stereotype and in, in the last movie it was the, the mother is a hardcore uh, like Christian and doesn't want her daughter to ever do anything way too right. strict well, and then they're the they're so afraid slut. of a of a they're so afraid of a slow build that every single one of these movies starts with the critical moment and then flashes back. Yeah, and and you're afraid of a slow build when you could just take out these scenes you think are exciting and replace them with a slow build that would be more effective. right. Like the scenes of this constant the. Like like we always harp on the mom detective scenes. Jesus Christ, just take them out. The mom can be well, there at the end to exact revenge. We <laughs> saw what happened in this one. What happens if you take out the mom detective scenes? You just get it all condensed into one like manic parlor scene where she's talking to herself. That's right. almost worse. Exactly. That's almost dumber. I'd rather have the mom following the clues but just start it start it with some characters start it with some some interests of the characters well, don't just jump right to the kidnapping because well in to bring up that solo parlor scene which again fucking bizarre but like to bring that up again 
if your movie works to that point for the main character to have the realization, the rest of it is fucking garbage. Like, if that's what you were working up to, it, it then you need to go back and redo a lot of shit. Or you take that scene, ideally you take that scene and condense it into 10 seconds. And guess what? We just... We just we just clipped off a whole minute and a half of screen time for you to show the mom and the daughter interacting at all for more than one scene. Because I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I really don't clip out the flash forward at the beginning, too. And there's two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. Which and I mean, isn't it all the more shocking when it happens if you don't know it's going to happen? Right. As opposed to seeing it happen and then it happens again 10 minutes in. Yeah. Because then you're just expecting it. Of course. And, and you know, <laughs> these are being these are being produced on such a weird. Like mandate of like you have this is a TV movie, you got to get it done in this specific way. But I feel like I've seen 45 minute television episodes that tell more of a story than any of these could ever hope to. And really, the potential's there, but they can't. It's like the this, this, the structure is infuriating. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine if Game of Thrones like <laughs> opened with, I don't know any of the characters, but you know, imagine if it opened with the red wedding. Oh yeah, I've never like seen that's the, show, the first but I episode. Don't know what that is, <laughs> and then it's like three months earlier. <laughs> Think about how much impact that scene had. On popular culture, how shocking it was that even people who haven't seen the show know what it is. Yes. Think about how that would have been immediately dulled if that's how they did it. It's They're like, like, this is what happened. Here's what led up yeah. to it. I can see, I can think of so many fucking examples. It's like if you showed the final scene of The Sopranos first in the pilot episode and then went back. No, it's absolutely like, not. It's like opening Raiders of the Lost Ark with the people's faces melting. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> they open with that. <laughs> whatever, one, two days earlier, what is it? <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, like, ooh, the mystery is how we got there. How did their faces melt? <laughs> Jurassic Park, the banner's coming down, the T-Rex is roaring, and <laughs> it flashes back. <laughs> Yeah, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and when you think when you think about all these great forms of media, all these great movies, they're told chronologically. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, they're it's at the end and they're chanting raise them up and they're raising them up and you see him go back into the crowd and then two days earlier. Like, yeah, no. just, it, it completely cheapens the experience. <laughs> it's like reading the last chapter of a book and then flipping back to the beginning. That's how I read a book. There's no, there's no point to it. Gotta know what happens at the end. I gotta know if it's worth my time. There a girl getting kidnapped. And there's, there's no way to enjoy it if you already know. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I watched Broadchurch again recently. And about 10 minutes or less into the first episode, my, uh, my girlfriend is like, this is stupid. 
and I, I really like Broadchurch. So I was, I was like, why? And she goes, I just looked it up. I found out who did it. It's dumb. <laughs> like the entire, yeah. you just ruined like five hours of buildup. Oh, you gotta get that buildup. You can't. It's of course it's not going to be good. It's not about just the ending. It isn't. It's it's the work up to that. And it's like the difference between watching a sporting event and just looking at scores. <laughs> exactly. And you know. Yeah, that's a very like simplified uh, example of what what it feels like watching these movies. Because look, if we isn't it always more effective when we just start with the family doing stuff and then later somebody gets fucking kidnapped? It's always better that way. Right. Because at least that way you've got some suspense, even if you know that something bad's going to happen. Of course it is. It's a movie. Yeah. But not knowing what or to whom is way more interesting. In my favorite film, Dirty Sex Teacher, it would be like if you opened that with her running his ass down. It's not good. I need that buildup. I need that ridiculous buildup to that ridiculous moment. And right, it wouldn't have been as funny. Absolutely not. I, it wasn't intended to be funny. This kidnapping scene in this movie would have been funnier if we didn't see it coming. Yeah, it's I guess. called Daughter for Sale. Okay, but still, like. Uh, by the way, the name of this movie is Daughter for Sale. <laughs> it's called Dirty Sex Daughter. We should have led with that one. It's called Sexy but Innocent. <laughs> It's called Sex Slave the Movie 2 because it's the second Lifetime movie we've watched with sex slavery involved. It's the second one where the mom ignores the police and goes in and murders someone. Now, Eric, to be fair, this time we specifically showed that a dumb, incompetent officer was impeding her progress on the case for no reason. I never quite figured that out. I don't know... You know what? Somebody watch the movie and tell me what the fuck happened. I'm not watching it again. Yeah, never. These are these are one and done movies. The only movie I'll watch again is Dirty Sex Teacher. What I really want is just to get on the phone with some like lifetime executive. And just to ask him like, what are you what are you thinking? <laughs> are you okay? What, what's wrong? Do you need help? I'm here. Definitely. I've I've got a half finished screenplay. <laughs> uh, we've as we've discussed before, we could write a lifetime movie. I think pretty easily. I mean, just pick a. You don't even have to research the subject. You just have to know the basics of it. You have to just write with like no knowledge of how this actually works and what would happen in a real life situation because you're writing to induce fear. You're not writing to tell a good story. So we can do that. When you're writing to tell a good story, the pressure's on. When you're writing to manipulate stupid people, that's really easy. I think my biggest stumbling block for writing a Lifetime movie is that I know how technology works. Oh. So I wouldn't be able... to that level. Like, I wouldn't think to put in a shot where somebody gets a phone call... And it just brings up a full screen photo of the person who's calling. <laughs> and nothing else on the phone. And nothing else. <laughs> like he was just looking at that picture. <laughs> that 
that's the dete- that's the last we see of that detective in this movie i think is him like driving and then she calls him and he's like ah, fuck this and like puts it away but he's just looking at a full-sized picture of her or somebody sending like ostensibly private messages on some program that looks like facebook something like with a huge photo again of the missing daughter like what is what is the site what how are they communicating what is this i mean i guess you could put that on facebook but really your friends would see it and then i suppose spread it around but like that's not the uh that's not the you know legal way to go about reporting a missing person you know, an Amber Alert is not mentioned in this movie once. <laughs> she just fucking puts her daughter on Craigslist and is like, I lost her. You want to know who she, know where she is? And then someone's like, you might want to ask her boyfriend. Who who even said that? Does she not know that her daughter has a boyfriend? <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, friend of a friend on Facebook. Because the only um, the only thing that online ad served in the movie was somebody said, well, ask her boyfriend, Mitch. And, like, why didn't, again, cut meat out of this movie, she would have asked Mitch right away. Or maybe she's such a bad mom that she didn't even know who Mitch was. I don't know. This I think that's more plausible. Her, so I'm, I'm not sure. I just want to see one. I want to see one movie where the toxic relationship between the mom and the daughter is turned around and it's clear they don't try to paint this like horrible abusive mom as a hero (laughs) she's a villain (laughs) make the mom wrong for once in these goddamn movies that's all i ask not even a villain like just make her like you know and I thought we had that one in the one about the girl who runs around, the one with the big rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what does it say that the most memorable part of that movie was the big rock? Yeah, the big, where she hits him with a huge rock. <laughs> <laughs> the star of, the, the star of that film was the, the big rock. <laughs> um, yeah, we almost, we almost had that I, in that one. Yeah, I thought something was going to get fucked up there. Because there was the scene where the mom was like, clearly horrible and wrong and then it turns out that we were supposed to side with her she was actually right the whole time and she gets to murder him with a rock because she was right (laughs) i mean she gets Uh, to do that in that movie you know moms get away with a lot in these movies and i just for one you know i i just like you said i would is there a scheming mom movie we can watch We'll we'll look for next time. Yeah, you know that might be good for a change. Switch up the characters a little bit because we before okay, what have we had? This one, vigilante mom, syphilis movie, vigilante mom in a different way, um, vigilante abstinence mom. Uh, the movie before that, uh, what was it? <laughs> I don't even remember at this point. It was a. Uh, uh, well, the movie before that was the the rock, the the mom hitting him with the rock, um, and then the movie before that was the dad killing the mother, and then lying about it throughout the whole movie, and then the movie before that was mom detective finding her daughter who was sold into sex slavery on the internet. Movie before that, no moms at all. 
unless you count her as a mother of the chickens. I do. Okay, well, then that's a mom. Symbolically, yeah, that's a mom. And then you got Dirty Sex Teacher, then you got Mother's Nightmare. So both of those are vigilante moms getting, you know, getting theirs. But, you know, this one felt so empty in terms of characterization, you know? I just... Nobody was all that funny and weird. The, the funniest guy, I think, was the dumbass running the sex slavery uh, granary. Just because of this... <laughs> Just because of the stupid mistakes that he kept Just making. because of the setting. <laughs> setting, the set design, everything about it was so bizarre and weird. Didn't make any fucking sense. And the whole time you're thinking... <clears throat> Let me take that again. The whole time you're thinking... This guy is not getting away with this. Absolutely not. Not just because this is a Lifetime movie. But because this man is being presented as a complete fucking dumbass who is not good at crimes the movie is daughter for sale fuck everything the movie I'm is out. daughter for sale my name is josh this guy over here is eric let me die i hate myself i don't want to die